0: This episode has been brought to you by the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. For more information, please contact Alumni at gmail.com. Greetings, Horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to Season 2 of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. In this episode, Coach Hector and I catch up with old Texas Taekwondo friends and teammates Sean Salishar, and Jesus Ramos. Listen as we compare old teams with new ones, side hustles and jobs, and finding your juice. Jesus Ramos on the line? Or should I call you Dr. Jesus Ramos? Well, as long as he's not Jesus, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have Jesus on the line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can't go wrong. Jesus
0: on the line. Yes. Yeah. Jesus oh. is
1: Mexican, guys. Jesus is Mexican, and he's coming. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm
2: uh, and sorry. Jesus Ramos. Wait. Are you my uncle, maybe? What?
0: Jesus was with Texas Taekwondo back in 2002. I oh, my God. 2002, 2003 for sure. And you... Man. Old, dude
3: <laughs> I know. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding that it's all good. I'm,
2: Wait, what about you, Sean? What yeah, year were I'm you this, going? I'm oh, this, oh, okay.
3: I'm old too. Yeah.
0: Sean, you 2002 2002, 2003 as well, I think.
3: Yeah, I think so. I graduated in 05, so I think I was there yeah, those last two years, three years? Yeah, yeah. Like, dang. Okay. Yeah, that's, that was a long time ago. <laughs> you,
2: you guys graduated when I was ten years old. Don't oh, do, oh my god! Don't
3: do
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> How do you turn this <laughs> off?
0: Jesus, I think it's been fifteen years since I last last talked to you. Oh my god, yeah, I think it's been quite a while, dude. Yeah, and <laughs> and you've uh, you've definitely moved on to some. Bigger, greater things. Uh, where are you these days? Uh, we are in the great state of Connecticut. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, how did you get there? Well, there was a job opening here, and I always wanted to teach at a state university. I mean, I had a record of teaching at private universities, and it's fine, in it all, but my, my dream was always a research one. Well, you know, coming from UT Austin, you get that model. So I wanted that type of environment. And there was an opening here.
0: I applied, and yeah, I got an interview and the job too. Ah, so if if, if I remember correctly, at UT Austin, you you taught Spanish music or something like that. Uh
1: actually, I, I was my major was in music, right? Uh, yeah. Although when you met me, when everybody, when I met the team, I'm sorry, the the club, I was teaching Spanish. That's the right. Spanish department. So, yeah, because there were TA ships available there.
0: Okay, okay. And you, what are you teaching
1: now? Now I'm teaching pretty much everything related to, well, the arts and the humanities. Uh, of course, my basis is music always uh, because, you know, this the platform from which I, you know, I started my studies. But I'm teaching these issues of race, difference, cultural diversity, and pretty much
0: everything that is going on right now is down my alley just to say the least catch up with Sean a little bit. Uh, where are you at these days? I talked to you last time I saw you in person was 2015 at the banquet. Yeah. Yeah. A- yeah. That the... was
3: fun. i um, Sean, yeah, I'm just, time. I'm back in Houston, man. Just, um, working. I mean, jobs are great over here, so it's easy to just work in, uh, accounting. So, uh, I did audit for a few years. Now I'm working for a, um, LNG company. um, yeah it's been it's been great um got married a couple of years ago just doing the um uh adult thing i guess i don't know <laughs> what you call it but you know work and have some fun here and there and just hang out and um yeah enjoying
0: life you've been married for about two years now here. huh
3: yeah yeah i just hit my two year anniversary actually a couple of weeks ago and, Congratulations. Uh, we're, congrats we're, thanks guys yeah we're trying to uh start thinking about kids so hopefully that'll happen and then we'll, we'll go that way <laughs> I miss the free time though man I, I like the I miss I miss UT days when we study a little bit taekwondo a little bit and then um, you know just relax I, but think it's all good.
1: I think we all miss that yeah
3: <laughs> yeah that's right
1: <laughs> because of the type of discipline you know I don't know I don't know about what type of experience you had in Mexico growing up uh, in taekwondo but when I was in Mexico, it, it, it was pretty disciplined. Um, you were expected, especially if you wanted to go into sparring, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, there was no choice. You know, it was not just, yeah, oh, you want to do forms? Yeah, here it is you got the forms, and you can, you know, pretty much shine in front of the cameras and get your little medal, and you're gonna be awesome. No, I mean, you have to spar. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna be taekwondo. You are going to spar, and if you don't spar, you're gonna die. That's it. <laughs> you can hit the face. You can't afford to do that.
2: Yeah. was <laughs> Yeah. Cuz so, uh I, I told Mike the story of how
1: uh back in
2: Mexico they used to hang us from our uh belts. Like they used to hang us for punishment. Yeah, bro, they
3: still do that. Oh my god. Wait, wait what? really? <laughs> that if you too? <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember uh, that. <laughs> wait,
0: <Yeah. laughs> they would hang you from your belts?
2: Yeah, like instead of like I don't know, picture a wedgie but instead of your underwear, they just <laughs> hang you from <laughs> from your belt <laughs> and it just leave you up the wall like like i don't know like eight feet up and you're just hanging out there
0: <laughs> wait if you did something bad like was this punishment yeah,
2: uh, yeah this is punishment <laughs> <laughs> i mean looking back at it it just sounds hilarious but back then you're just like you can't do
1: anything <laughs> uh oh. it, it's not very appreci- it wouldn't be appreciated here in the states now oh definitely not <laughs> oh man yeah it was it was yeah so anyway, I guess that's about you, <laughs> kind of build character in a way. <laughs> and we can say that it's kind of, kind of twisted. But...
0: I, I remember back in our days, um, you caught me at a time in my life where I really wanted to transform Texas Taekwondo into something more disciplined and more structured and more focused on competition. And I remember specifically trying to be more tough on the club and on, the, on people who wanted to compete and no matter how much how much discipline or toughness i threw at y'all you specifically would always have a smile on your face and like laugh at me <laughs> i did i'm
1: so sorry <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: was it. I was actually enjoying it i know and that's what all, it, it always caught me off guard like i would come in and i would if people were late i would make them do push-ups and all that and then you would come in and you would always make fun of my last name you know my last name being tran you would always be like. Ah, oh, I can feel the transformation.
4: Oh, have, you,
0: have you transcended yet? Oh, and I would stop you because I knew exactly where all the puns would go when you used the word tran. <laughs> but, Sorry, man. I didn't
3: mean it that way. No, no. Uh,
0: I-, I loved it. I honestly loved it. I look back and that's, that's one of my fondest memories of you, Jesus. Like, No matter what, you always kept it positive and you always had fun. I'm writing
2: oh, notes here, you know? You
0: <laughs> I'm writing notes on, on, the, on the nicknames. <laughs> oh. Jesus, uh, can we hear a little bit about your beginnings in Taekwondo or martial arts?
1: Oh, I like overall, you mean?
0: Yeah, I, I know you started in, in Mexico. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you talked about it a little bit at Texas Taekwondo. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever sat down and actually heard your, your, your actual story well uh everything started i'm gonna embarrass
1: myself here but hey you know (laughs) it's true so why hide it in 1984 or 85 i believe it was 85 okay 85 or 86 i don't remember but it was between those three years right there was this little movie that came out the karate kid
0: oh classic And everybody
1: in their mother was actually when you had to actually pay to go into the movies because now you can stream things. You know, of course you pay less for getting for free. You know, I went to see that movie twelve times, (laughs) (laughs) and I know I'm really ashamed because it's a really bad movie. But you know, everything is nicely building up towards that final moment. Yeah. So lo and behold, in I'm from Monterrey, Monterrey, Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. So every single Taekwondo school was like like really overcrowded with white belts because of that movie. And I'm not <laughs> kidding. It was actually hard to find a spot because you know, you saw the karate kid, you wanted to do something, you know. So there yeah. was karate girl and my mom was like, Oh, so I'm have my mom talk to me. <laughs> I heard in karate, they're going to hit you in the face with the, <laughs> with the face. So why don't you try taekwondo? They tell me it's more aerobic and, you know, aerobics in the 80s. <laughs> it's more about the kicks. So they said, okay, <laughs> whatever, kicks. Okay, I'm all about kicking. So, so I go there, and yeah, my class, when I finally found a school that had an opening, you know, we were like 40 white belts, and that was just one class. It was a big money machine having that yeah. movie out. So that's how I started. I started with a, in a, you know, just a typical neighborhood suburban school, not yeah. a chain of any sorts. Then the teacher that was teaching me, who was actually a quite nice teacher, uh, very, very nice, very, he went into philosophy and all this stuff. He used to be a cop. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but he stopped and he went to teach Taekwondo. He opened his own school, so I went with him. And at that point in Mexico, at least in Monterrey, where I, where I was from, there was no possibility to get, you know, a degree without, you know, having sort of, you know, a certification on it that will be recognized, you know, internationally. Especially if you went to uh, to a tournament or a competition, say in Macau and Laredo or in the States, right? Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that, you know, the WTF was already pretty much in place, uh, was through a Korean master. So there one, one other reason why I went with this uh, teacher, uh, it was because he became affiliated with uh, Master Daisupan in McAllen, Texas. And he would uh. come Texas every, every three months, of course. So that's how I got my, you know, cookie warm uh, Nice. nice. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, after that, I kept training with people that came from different schools, sometimes re- uh, rival schools. And what I mean training, you know, my my teacher was not about uh, sparring at all. And you know, you being fifteen, come on, I want to spar. Like, you want know, <laughs> oh, to go fast. Yeah. And he was really cautious because you know you can you can get hurt and all that stuff. And actually, he being a cop, he had seen a lot of violence, <laughs> so he yeah. was really cautious about that. So what we did, I learned that one of the best fighters in that in my city in Monterrey had you know had a fall, had a fallout with his coach or his trainer who was not Korean, you know, in Mexican. So he decided to form his own school. And um, a friend of mine that used to train with me in my in my school said, you know, I'm going to go with him. Why don't we go? Why don't we join? Uh, he was older, so he was going to put half of the money for the locale and everything He so said, sure, why not? You know, this guy, he's a good fighter. I'm going to learn a lot from him, and I want to fight. So it was really cool because it was really informal. It was not a school that was structured around a Korean type of, you know, structure. Mm-hmm. Where there's a master, it was from the beginning. I guess that really, you know, in, uh, impacted me. It was like a team. Every yeah. single fighter in Monterrey, for, at least from, from my area of the city, from the west part of the city, that was a good fighter that we knew from tournaments, you know, he pretty much quit his or her school and went to practice with this guy. Yeah. So we were a group of 11 black belts, and pretty much, it was great because the best fighters of the city, not of Mexico, by any chance, of course, but at least from that part of the city were there. It was intense, and it was really, really great. Man. wow. So, yeah, and that's how it started. And after that, I came to the States, and that's a different
0: history. <laughs> so, Sean, what were your beginnings in Taekwondo? I, I remember actually talking to you on the phone, and you started with ATA. Way back in the day.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was this taekwondo that was by my, you know, where I was growing up in Houston. So I, mm. I basically just enrolled when I was 10. My parents wanted me to be able to uh, defend myself. But, you know, at the same time, I, I really liked it. So it worked out. And then uh, I was there for about seven years. And then it oh, went wow. to, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, it's pretty easy though. Like it's nothing compared to, you know, like WTF style or, or, you know, Texas Taekwondo, obviously. So (laughs) it's, it's more geared towards like kids. So I I, I mean, I didn't learn that much. I feel like I learned more from you guys, you know, but uh, it was fun though. So from there I went to to UT and then, you know, I took a year off to get comfortable and everything. And then I hit my uh, freshman freshman 15 and then um, I was like a sophomore and I was, I wanted to get back in shape and get more active and, you know, I miss Taekwondo, so I, I saw you guys, and I was like, yeah, this is uh, this is something I want to do now. So I joined up, and it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. So, I mean, I just did Taekwondo just for fun as a kid, and then yeah, it was a pretty basic thing, and um, yeah, it worked out. And then uh, a couple of years with you guys, and seeing... Uh, it was definitely more cash whenever I joined, so it was more... You know, we did a lot of paddles and just, I don't remember. I think we did some sparring, but not too much. But I really liked the paddles, uh, the paddle <laughs> kicks and uh, doing the, the lines and stuff. That was the funnest thing for me.
0: Wait, so how did you find us? How did you find Texas Taekwondo? You just randomly showed up to the mat room?
3: No, I was, uh, I was just looking at clubs. Like I, I don't know. I was joining a bunch of random clubs and, at UT just for fun. Oh, but yeah. I mean Taekwondo is something I wanted to do. It wasn't just like a random thing, so
0: I, I seeked it out a little bit. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, uh, I, I, I do remember like even though you had a pretty laid back and like fun perspective on Taekwondo, and you definitely brought the like the laid back, like you brought the fun with you. I remember, but you did have like a philosophical mindset when you joined Taekwondo, Texas Taekwondo, from what I remember. Like you almost had oh, like yeah. a like a Bruce Lee mindset with it.
3: Oh yeah, I like that. I I like the the philosoph- philosophy of it, yeah. Um I mean it just the whole um it's like a discipline, right? Like discipline is the main thing about it and that that's what it taught me when I was younger. Yeah. It's it and... taught me a lot and um, I actually did um after taekwondo at after college I, I joined um, a guy that was teaching out of his garage. He was teaching jeet kune do. Oh, it so wow. was kind of more Bruce Lee stuff, but yeah, it was a lot different, but I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, but, but with you guys, it was fun. It was just more, more training, more kicks, and more, you know, like strategy.
0: You, I mean, I remember you slimmed down. You, you like really leaned, leaned up when you started Taekwondo with us. Like I I remember like yeah, you man. at the beginning, and then like a year in, like it, it was almost hard to recognize you.
3: <laughs> thanks man yeah it took yeah. a while i was i gained a lot of weight freshman year so then taekwondo really got me going especially with yeah. you guys doing all the all the training i we went to the park a few times to to go running and that was that was a great time too uh, doing those uh, indian runs
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that clark um, field yeah
3: yeah clark field
0: yeah and then we he- did
3: the uh, iron tran
0: yeah the, 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 the what
2: the iron tran the what again i need i need to hear about this <laughs> what
3: the iron so Tran. The I ever, the, tell them sean iron tran
2: i've never heard this
0: before yeah tell them sean
3: <laughs> it was epic man we couldn't it was uh it was like the olympics but but better it was more <laughs> <Okay>. crazy <laughs> yeah no, i think so, we did running uh or pull-ups and some other kinds of uh uh, stamina tests or endurance, right? And then yeah, it, it was we a contest. declared an iron tran. Yeah, <laughs>
2: wow. Yeah, we go and
0: register that.
2: That, <laughs> <saying>.
0: <laughs> that that was a lot of fun. I think um, I think Frankie Tejada won that first year for the males.
2: Oh, it's it, an actual competition.
0: Yeah, 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 so, yeah. We oh, had a man. we had a female and a male winner. So Frankie nice. Tejada won the first year and then Nina Nina Leas won for females. So I think it was like a 3 mile run and then we did like pull-ups and abs. And like whoever yeah, right. won in on the competitions like they were deemed the iron man. We only did it one year though. <laughs> oh, we should definitely bring that back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, bring it back. <laughs> i want to join i want to get that uh that title i want want... it's like (laughs) i remember frankie killed it too so he was uh, a pretty hard
0: pretty good competitor he was so young and just like pure athleticism it wasn't even fair
3: (laughs) (laughs) i know i think he was a soccer player or something right he had a lot of like endurance and uh yeah uh like agility and stuff yeah
0: and he wrestled with joe Yeah, he oh, wrestled I know with that. Joe in, in high school. They were on the same wrestling team. Man. Hey, So, Jesus, I want to hear how you how you came to Texas Taekwondo. Because, again, I remember you coming into the club in 2002, 2003. But you also stuck around, and you actually joined the, com- the competition team after I left.
1: Yeah, that was that's interesting. By the way, I came to UT. Well, I came to the States, meaning I went to UT to study in 1993. So, yeah. And by the way, that was not, I was a freshman, but I had three years of college already under my belt that I couldn't transfer, so I had to start from scratch. Meaning mm-hmm. I'm older, <laughs>
4: uh,
1: but I'm saying that because you know when I came here, I w- I was all wound up. You know, I was training with this team that I told you in Mexico, and I was competing. And now I had become I had become really good because I was training with really good people, so. Here in the States, I knew I did not have any money to pay tuition at a Taekwondo school anywhere in Austin. And there were a couple that were back then. I visited, you know, visited the schools, but yeah, you no, know, there was no way my finances were not gonna were gonna were not allowing that. So I checked out the club in nineteen ninety three and uh, there were like at least, I think if I remember correctly, maybe thirty or forty people on that floor. Um, I forgot the name of the gym, but it's, oh, God, the old one. Well, it- I seen, there's nothing old anymore than <laughs> that campus. Uh God. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it was mostly just do a huge warm-up, maybe for 20 minutes, then just show people how to, you know, do the, you know, the the stances, the long stance, short stance, basic, just basic covers, and that was it. So oh. I was like, "Yeah, this is not gonna work for me."
0: That so, had to have been the ITF club,
1: May I, I don't know. I, I I, <laughs> well, I, I, was aware there were two things, right? Yeah. And I was really into WTF. So I'm sh- pretty sure I chose the WTF, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe well, you're right. Maybe
0: I, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, contradict you. Um, but Wait, pro-
1: contradict me. Contradict me. <laughs> Why?
0: <laughs> oh, my teeth. <teacher>. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well no, because right because no the, um wtf club didn't form until 97 oh yeah
1: man, that's said. okay maybe huh
0: and then maybe. itf maybe. itf was around i think before that and they used to train in um anahis gym
1: exactly thank you that was the name
0: yeah, yeah. and so,
1: yeah maybe Huh. i don't remember if they had the itf sort of, you know, letters when I was looking because everything was printed back then. There was no internet mm-hmm. yet. Uh, so I don't remember. I'll, I guess all I saw was Taekwondo and I checked it out. And me, Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, I'm convinced. <laughs> uh, so that <laughs> kind of did it for me. No You've been way.
0: transformed. I've been
1: <laughs> trans everything, man. <laughs> this guy, you know, those iron workouts. It That, in one of those, is when, you know, he was like coming next to me. Yeah, because you know, Mike was. Like, I think you were already. Uh, you you were already in the reserves, right? Or you know, you were in the army already. I think
0: the marines, but yes, the marines.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you, you were already in it, I guess. So or you were trying. I don't know. Right? When I remember yeah, yeah. you were like. You were like you were sick fit. So very calm, you know. Like <laughs> my mile was a nine point fifty minute mile. That's how pathetic it was. So um, here comes, like, man. you know, friend I have told him, you know, oh, I'm a black belt. I really want an Adidas uniform because they're really cool and they're really nice. I want an Adidas uniform. And I come in the back from everybody had already finished. And I'm here to come in the back. And I'm here, like, so keep the pace. Yeah, that's a good pace. All right. <laughs> so you want the uniform, huh? You really want it? Like, oh, you son of a bitch, you didn't say that. <laughs> I'm going to step <laughs> it up to 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. I, why am I saying that? Oh, yeah, because i am being transformed. So this guy, you know, Mike, was really, really one of the two people that really made it really, really easy for me to join the team later. Because what I was going to say is that later, <coughs> I think you're right, it was 2002 when I said, okay, you know what, I really miss it. I really miss sweating, you know, that last drop on your forehead when you feel like, yes, dude, I'm accomplished. Yeah. So I want to go back and I figured out now, yeah, that there was a WTF club uh, training uh, in that gym. So I went and check it out. And the first person that I see is uh, uh, like, oh, oh God, what's his name? I cannot believe it. (laughs) You were next to him, Mike. You were, you know, both of you were there. Was it Dan? Dan Cameron? Yeah, 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 Cameron. Cameron? He went Cameron? I think we used to be different. Yeah,
0: Dan Cameron. Cameron.
1: So, yeah, it was him. And you know how he was always smiling. <laughs> and, and, you know, he was like, like sick fit to, you know, amazing guy. So I, I tell him, you know, I saw those guys kicking, you know, doing this, like, you're really. 860 kicks and I said you know what I used to be a black belt I have not practiced for over 10 years I would really like to join you guys uh, so would there be a way and he said with a big smile yeah dude better late than ever come back tomorrow or come back today you know and I was in my jeans I cannot do it today because I have no worked. you know workout clothes so you know that big smile he's like dude that's that really really nice because in Mexico you're used to like oh you want to train with me or you want to train here Oh, really? You want to train? <laughs> so you're going to fight me right now. <laughs> it, was, it was more confrontational. But that guy yeah. was like, you know, smiles. so like, oh, yeah, man. So that's how I joined. Yeah, oh, that's, you know, the, uh, he was the one who, Dick, the, the guy that welcomed me. And yeah. you were there also. So that's how I started. And I wasn't part of the team until way much later. Actually, I was part of the team once I had left Austin and I came back.
0: That's what it was. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was there for with you guys for three years. I yep. left to do my dissertation research to Mexico City. And then oh, I came oh. back. And when I came back, there was this guy I remember like so cocky and with long hair and with a bandana. <laughs> is this is this <laughs> wait wait wait.
2: Can I take a guess? And now, take a guess. And they, I'll take a so guess he really yeah. cocky
1: and the worst part the worst part is that he was really good uh, <laughs> so I was like you know who is this guy with the bandana and the long hair and being really good and all and why is he good with yeah. the bandana <laughs> <laughs> and they're like hey so i said where are you from i'm on katie where are you from From Mexico. Oh, good fighters in Mexico. Well, I mean, he said that without without the accent, of course. Yeah. (laughs) His name is Joe. Oh, hi, (laughs) Um, Yep. And I remember that from that moment on, we started, you know, then you had, you guys already had sparring, like, you know, more formally as part of the structure of the class.
0: Yeah.
1: And I cannot, I, I would not lie, every night I went home after training and i had joe's cut kick above (laughs) my elbow on my arm i know exactly what you're talking about Uh, i know exactly what you're talking about i'm
2: familiar too and he would
1: say oh don't don't go back don't go back like Uh, like, stop kicking me then
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: figured out man but yeah that's how i met joe and you were still there mike of course
0: yeah yeah uh Joe was—he came in as a freshman, my my fifth year. I did a I did a super senior year, and um, I know exactly the cut kit bruise that you're talking about. It's it, it's you're right. It's right above the elbow, usually right on the tricep. Sometimes oh, maybe on the yeah, bicep. right there, right there. Uh, oh, yes. Josh, yes. <laughs> I Can hated that flex? one. And you flex,
1: it changes colors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But you you even joined team, the competition team with Tony Lay and yeah. Ben Frederick and yeah. Amy, Amy Shaw, yeah. Amy Frederick. Now I mean you were you you went beyond just being a club member. You even competed. What was that like?
1: Well, that was really great, man. Because uh, yeah. when I was in, I mean when I was already out of UT, you know, when my first two gigs, my first two jobs, when I was, uh, I kept. In, touch with Joe, you know, because I was still super excited about competing and all this and all that. So when I was in New Orleans, the U.S. Open was going to be hosted in New Orleans. So I like, uh. oh, my God, the U.S. Open. So first thing I do, Joe, yo, Joe, yo, you know, <laughs> the U.S. Open is going to be here, dude. You can stay in my place. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and he, you know, he did it. So he went to stay with me and he went to compete and he told me all about this, uh, this training program, that you know the, the team had now, yeah. Uh, some of which I had learned a little bit, uh, a little bit before, but now it was it, it was more reg- I want to I don't want to say regimented, but it was definitely more structured.
0: Yeah, it know, was. It the, was. The That's fine. fair to say. Uh,
1: so uh, we kept in touch after that, and I went down from New Orleans to Austin to train on Saturday a couple of times with um, the team. Um. I'm sorry, with the club, you know, for the team was there, and uh, yeah, it, I was like, damn, this is really good, and the <laughs> teaching approach was very, very different as well. Yeah. So uh, I was, I, that was really cool because I had to retool so many things. Not only, of course, change the body, change so everything about your posture, start from from the beginning, but also change the attitude a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Be more technical. Uh, Work more with the feelings of, of course, not not getting angry in a way that you know takes you out from the game. You know, stick to the strategy, to be very strategic. It became very, very intense. Oh, I realized the intensity of it at that point, or at least that's how it was for me. So after that, I went to UT Austin to do one year as a visiting scholar at the Uh the Institute of Latin American Studies, and I said, "Dude, I'm here for a year. It would be really stupid of me not to join the team." (laughs) Dude. or do whatever. So yeah. Joe told me, well, dude, you know, he said, we got tryouts, so you can try if you want. <laughs> and I said, dude, I'm training with a Shaolin master. Dude. I came from <laughs> South <Sarasota>, Florida. <laughs> Your tryouts, you, I didn't say that. I thought it. Yeah. You want me to try out? You want me to try? Okay, I'll try out. And oh my God, I had no idea what the tryouts were. But uh-huh. all I can tell you is that it started. I don't know if the, the trials are structured the same way, but the way it started, we started with a jog from the main tower. Oh, you know, yep. Yep. You know, yeah, <laughs> All the way up to the, the, hills? Uh, to the hills. Yeah, to the hills. Dean and, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dean and that's where I puked. Uh, <laughs> <that's> where <laughs> was. <clears throat> that was you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was me. I think it was, yeah, I was the only one who
0: puked. <laughs> everybody oh, there's always somebody that pukes at that hill
1: that's true <laughs> and oleander was the one who was directing the you know the trial that day oh yeah yeah so we went there and he like come on you know he was doing it with this like you know i, I think he was in the marines too i don't remember who was it but, uh, oleander that was his last name
0: oh chris christopher chris. O'Leander. yeah yeah, yeah. He, he was in the navy
1: and the navy, I'm sorry. Well yeah, yeah. he was super fit and he was doing it with this like you know nonchalant attitude. Come on, one, two, <laughs> one, two. He did the heels too, of course. I was puking. He was pretty much taking a breather. And <laughs> after that I said, Okay, okay. I'm not gonna look forward to the tower. I'm gonna look forward to that corner over there with the traffic uh... light. Yeah. And then you start playing with your mind a little bit, right? Yeah. So I'm going to turn here. I'm going to make it to the, I don't know, the, you know, there you go, the Benson Library. And then I'm (laughs) going to make it to the Erwin Center. And they start playing with, okay, I did it. Uh, No, dude, there's stations. Now you're going to do push ups. Now when you do this. (laughs) And after that, it was like, oh my
4: God. Oh my God.
1: And then we ended up uh, at Mike Myers Stadium. And then Joe came and he gave us the talk. Uh huh. They talk down to you. Like, you know, you think this is difficult?
4: Shut the fuck up. Never.
1: <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. And I was like, oh dear. you wanted it, you got it, I guess. <laughs> and so I said, okay, okay, I get it. Okay. So I went back the next day and I did a whole tryout, so I passed, I guess.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I was there with Amy Amy, uh, with Ben. Um God, other people. Well, of course, Tony, Captain, my Captain, uh, <laughs> Lafferty, uh, AJ. Uh, yeah, AJ. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a great you know small but really together team in the sense that of, of course we were all you know together and for me of course it was different because I was or I was way older. I was like you know 37, 36. Yeah, and you know these guys were like you know twenty twenty one. So it was, it, it was really good because there was an ethics to it mm-hmm. that, you know, not even they would break. And I mean, of course, the, the whole team the, the team, right? We're going to leave you alone. There's not going to be a trainer, but you're going to be trusted that you're going to be doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody was checking out on and everybody. So that ethics was something that re- I really, really appreciated.
0: I, so here's a fun fact. I'm actually going to record a podcast tomorrow with Ben and Amy. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were very hard to get hold of, but every alumni that I spoke to said, "You got to talk to Ben and Amy." You have, you don't know Ben and Amy? Why don't you know Ben and Amy? You have to talk to Ben and Amy. So I finally oh, got really. hold of them.
1: You want to tell your funny story about? Yeah, ben please, and Amy? please. You know, uh, I don't know if the rules have changed in the team, Hector. But rule <laughs> number one was that you are not to date a member of the team if you are in the team. Yep. Yep, still there. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I was like, you know, okay, after every workout, okay, I come home. Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I was already dating my wife. We were, you know, living together. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, by the way, oh, yeah, we had a fundraiser. That's what it was. And, you know, my wife, well, at that point, you know, my girlfriend, she came to pick me up. And she's like, are Ben and me together? Like, no. You do not <laughs> date a member of the team. Are you crazy? No, they're not dating. No, <laughs> don't say that again. Don't say it again. And I was like, hmm, but girls have an intuition about all these things. <laughs> so after collegiate, we are waiting for our plane. We're sitting on, you know, at our gate and Ben was conspicuously laying down, You know, taking maybe five seats just to lay down. <laughs> Very close to Amy who was sitting in the sixth one. And he was passed out. And I tell Amy, Amy, you know what? But I know something. (laughs) (laughs) And she looks at me and she's like, You don't know anything, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know nothing.
0: Oh, man. And like,
1: That's right. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. i'm just gonna
0: go get a cup of coffee <laughs> please don't kick me don't kick you, please hey zeus i don't think i ever got to like really party with you when you're at ut yeah did we?
1: no I, I don't think we did. We... oh
0: gosh we need to change that <laughs>
1: yeah the only time i partied was when i went out with joe uh tony uh, uh and yeah. a couple of other guys in dallas
0: okay okay fun. Yeah, yeah.
2: Y'all have any like crazy party stories?
0: (laughs) Don't worry. If if they're too (laughs) bad, I will cut them out of the recording. I promise. (laughs) Uh, Mike, I I I don't have any crazy stories. I mean, not from
1: Texas Taekwondo, anyway. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) enough.
0: I remember partying with Sean a few times. Yeah, that was fun. What do we?
3: I I remember um, the uh, banquet, and then uh, I think we did sometimes during. (laughs) 05 I guess yeah did we go out yeah Sean good times good times man the
0: party party I remember most with you (laughs) was um Nina like I guess she was like in a sorority or some kind of some kind (laughs) of um spirit group maybe spirit group yeah yeah and it was all girls and they had like a pajama party remember that Sean
3: oh that was yeah I remember that actually (laughs) That and was so like, that was you guys?
0: Yeah, I remember. Yes, that. it was sorry. Yeah, it was us. <laughs> It was me, you, yeah. um, Frankie was there, Joe was there, and Nina was there, and like and so when we say pajama, it was pretty much like okay, everyone just show up half naked. And it was <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you were in a spirit club
1: and you had a pajama party and you didn't tell me I know in Texas. <laughs>
0: You weren't there, Jesus. I wasn't there? I, I wasn't there. Oh, man. I wasn't <laughs> I definitely would have invited you, but I do remember Sean because, like, we get there and, like, Nina and all of her friends are, like, when they say pajama, they're, like, oh, when we say pajama, we mean lingerie. So, like, they're what? all, like, <laughs> really, really, <laughs>
4: really,
0: like, clothing. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, I have to train with y'all. <laughs> 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 I turn around and then, like, Frankie strips down into his boxers. Joe strips down into his boxers. Even Sean strips down into his boxers. Oh, my
3: God. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I just (laughs) picture y'all, like,
2: showing up with, like, dorky, like, pajamas. And then get there. And then we're just, like, looking y'all.
0: Like, Uh uh, oh. It was, like, yeah, it was was fun, but weird at the same time. Because, like, Nina was a very pretty gal. She was so nice. And she... She was with the club all the time but uh, i mean like i have never seen her wear a corset before and i was like uh, uh i have no idea how to handle this situation <laughs> yeah uh, wait and, so
2: uh, oh sorry go ahead
0: no uh, no that's it that's
2: it <laughs> okay i was just curious because like i feel like over the generations there's always someone that hosts parties in their apartment what's that the yeah. case with you guys
0: uh we was there so, someone that hosted uh Sean, our our last few years, I think it was we kind of rotate it through the crew. Like um David Cho would host a party and then
3: Yeah, that's right. I think Kent uh, had a party one time. Kent? Remember Kent? Kent?
0: Yeah, and Bill. They would and they Bill, were, yeah. They would host parties and Nina would host parties. So we kind of rotate it through everybody. Gotcha. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I like the social aspect of it with you guys. That was really fun, dude. Like Sean, every time, uh, like every time we went somewhere, everyone knew who you were. I remember that about you. Like everyone oh, knew. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I remember we had a social, a Taekwondo social, and I brought my roommates. And they're like, "Oh, it's Sean. What's up?" I was like, "What?" Like my roommates weren't in Taekwondo, but they knew who you were. Oh, you how remember- did they know me again? I don't remember that. Do you remember um, cool, uh, Viet Tran and uh, G-Song?
3: Yeah, that's right. Viet and G-Song. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. we were uh, gaming buddies or something. I think we gamed together. And Jester. Something like that. Oh, no, that's, that's a... right. They were my like hallmates or something.
0: Yeah, like, but like everywhere I went, everyone knew who Sean was. Like, dang, you're Mr. Popular. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I tried to get out over there. But yeah, that's,
3: that was cool. We had a good uh, like tight circle going on, I guess, over there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. I missed that. It uh, it changes once you're married, huh?
3: Yeah. Now it's just um, keeping up through Facebook or something, I guess. <laughs>
2: I have to be that way, right? Uh, <laughs> you're
3: yeah. right. Hector's right. Yeah. Please, please, be
2: please tell me as a as a hopeful, um, positive, twenty-five-year-old man. <laughs> No, it's not, that. it's not
3: bad at all it's it's good you can still uh go out and everything it's great <laughs> yeah um
2: the re- the reason i ask that because uh for me back then for me like i used to purposely like throw parties on the friday knowing that we had practice on saturday like earlier practice <laughs> and i would purposely like try to Get the team members like as drunk as possible, just to see if they'll make it next day. Oh my god, <laughs> that's evil! And then, and they do show up, and I was like, huh, respect. <laughs> so I don't know if that was the, the case for you guys at
0: any level. Hmm.
3: Maybe we should have. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I don't think it was that bad. Um, I know. Hey How was it with um, with like Tony Lay and all of them? Well, it was
1: like I said, it was very different because I was way older by then.
0: That's and, a good point, yeah. yeah. And you know, so, wait,
1: I, where, sorry, go ahead. Oh, were you the one like, "Hey, can you buy the drinks, please"? <laughs> <laughs> There's always that guy. There's always that guy. No, actually, you know, everybody could, you know, uh, well, The way I remember it, everybody could buy their own drinks. Um, yeah. Got it, got it at least in the team, we never. I, maybe maybe there was this stuff, and nobody invited me. I don't know. I was part oh. the team. I oh, really really heartbroken if nobody actually invited me to a party. Uh. But no, I don't remember there being parties, you know, like yeah. team parties um, in Dallas when we went out drinking and we got all crap faced. <laughs> but that. But what you know, what actor is saying, you know, please tell me hope. I guess you know, it's different from everybody because what I do remember, like. Yeah, man. You know what? Age is just a number. You're just as old as you think you are. It's, it's all good. Yeah, man. You know, just go with <laughs> the flow. Be yourself, and we get all, you know, like crap face and all that. And yeah. then I start seeing what you know other people are doing, and I'm like, no, I'm nope. thirty six. I am nope. thirty six. <laughs> yeah, I am so thirty six. Yeah, but. That's because also I got to say, uh, you guys, I don't know, Austin changed a lot. When I was an yeah. undergrad, I used, they used to, the, the social life was way different because, you know, co-ops were shooting all the parties and they were like the, not the, the corporate housing co-ops, but there was the German house where I lived, the French house and the corporate ones, mm-hmm. you know, I forgot the name of this, uh, the Laurel house was one of them that I don't know if you remember Seen or you saw this movie called *Lord of the Flies*? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, parties were like that. Oh my gosh! You know, there were people you know pretty much lighting up torches. You know, (laughs) drumming. You know, that sounds awesome. (laughs) Of the whole backyard, and everybody was making out with everybody. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, this. Whoa, welcome to the states, I guess.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I was i was about to ask like you know like i mean i guess it's like a big contrast versus like partying in mexico you know yeah uh, definitely if you guys are down ever after COVID, i'm definitely down to just grab a drink and we don't have to do like torch dances and any <laughs> of, of
0: that stuff <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what we will good. have to do we will have to do some karaoke at the end that's for sure oh for
2: sure for sure yeah. that's the, yeah give
0: it hell sure. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i mean especially jesus i mean music you know, uh, teacher, you you've got to do karaoke. And Sean, I'm pretty, sure, I'm Sean. I'm pretty sure you did karaoke with us a few times, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I think
3: yeah. we sang something. We sang something. I'm sure.
0: I, I know. I we did. Know what... I, I just yeah, don't remember yeah. it. But I remember us going there. I don't remember us leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so but, how about you, actor? That would be fun. What stories do you have?
2: <laughs> of, of 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 what kind? Everything. <laughs>
0: oh man what is the
2: team team like now? the team i mean honestly it sounds like pretty accurate to what you guys said you know it's like you're there for business and that's kind of how the attitude i had coming into taekwondo you know i wasn't just there to train i was really focused on just fighting like i didn't really care about making friends and then the years passed and that thing like kind of changed and i was like damn i really like this community like I really value it, and, uh, you nice. know, they, they, yeah, I was just consumed by it, yeah. And this is why I'm still sticking around. I, I just love it.
1: Yeah, to me, it was really, I mean, uh, if I know what I'm saying, uh, it was really interesting to see how when I was there, uh, well, it was a, still a project, right? And I guess it's still a project, you know, it's developing, it's, you know, uh, evolving. But it's very nice to see how it has changed dramatically, of course, for the better, you know there are more members equally committed and now everybody's scoring high in you know high profile competitions yeah and, correct and when i when i when i saw that mm. news from from joe i was like oh my god i cannot believe this because i have a really cool story about joe by the way which, all right let's hear it let's hear yeah. it <laughs> uh, maybe some of you know that i think in 2009 10 he was in dallas yeah. And for a very brief period of time, there was this school that he opened right in front of the cotton ball, the victory sport, taekwondo. Yeah. And I was there with him practicing. And, uh, you know, I was teaching at SMU back then. So every now and then, I'd say, hey, you want to grab lunch? Oh, sure. <clears> we'll grab lunch and we'll go to, you know, whatever spot. And at that point, that guy was conflicted in the sense that, you know, he loved taekwondo. You know, he, he really wanted to just to commit and go, you know, and get higher. But mm-hmm. on, the other, on the other hand, he said, you know, I, I want to play, you know, I want to have fun. And once you go into that type of regimen to achieve something, you know, that's, that's your life. Yeah. You live it, you breathe it, you know, you sleep with it. That's what it is. That, that's the way it has to be. And we would talk about Steve Lopez and, of course, his uh, regimen and how the guy has to sacrifice or had to sacrifice his social life yeah. to get to where he was. But what I do remember very clearly, and he will not let me lie, and he, he doesn't remember. Uh, it's a good thing, you know. He said, you know what? And, and by the way, we were drilling the, what, we, what he called the game, right? There's the game, for the, you know, for sparring. There's a game. Yeah. yeah. The plan. And he'd be, you know, I know, I'm positive that I can beat anyone right now. I can beat anyone. And you know what? He was not being cocky. I really believed him because he really meant it. Mm -hmm. But he said, but I don't know if I want to do that. I just don't know if I want to sacrifice my whole social life to pursue that goal. Wow. So to me, that was really impressive because, you know, it's like, I don't know, you, Sean, you talk about Bruce Lee. And you know that when when they ask him, you know, Bruce, when they ask him, you know, are you really that good?
4: You know, oh and yeah.
1: He, and he said, well, if I tell you yes, you think I'm boasting, but if I say no, you know, I'm lying. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's the way it sounded with Joe. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, it, it was it, it was a, it was really great to see him that you know that uh, convinced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, uh, that was after I had, I had been already in the team, and after he went back to Austin, he said, "You got to train to with GT Sport." Then you know, going to GT Sport, of course, was a completely different chapter altogether because you know, yeah, you where know, you see where the game came from in a way <clears throat> and how it deployed. But yeah, that, that's my story about Joe. I guess
0: that's crazy. I I I totally. Well, thanks for sharing, and I I totally hear Joe. Talking like that. And that's one thing that I've always admired about him. You brought it up. Like, you know, yeah, he's cocky. Yes, he's good. And and then and then sometimes you want to hate him because he's so good. But um, you know, after all is said and done, you look at him like I love the guy. I, I, I really respect him. And um I always describe him as like the man in the lighthouse for Texas Taekwondo. You know, like um like uh, he's he's stuck with texas taekwondo for about 15 years now and yeah Yeah. not many people have and you know sometimes i feel like he's he's the lone lone person in the lighthouse just keeping the light on for everyone to find their way um but yeah it's really
1: great to see what he has accomplished with the team also you know Uh, oh yeah I don't know how many people. I have not kept count, but uh, I actually have not kept track. But <laughs> I think more than one person have made it to, you know, number one in uh, Oh, so I don't know
0: can how I? Many people... Sure. Actually, Hector, do you want to give an update on Texas Taekwondo today? Well, uh, honestly, man, we already
2: we sent two people to China, you know. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah we have a high performance team right now. Uh, and, man, they, they honestly, they live like rock stars. They're just, like, they're flying from China and then going to Costa Rica or Puerto Rico. I don't even know where. They're all over the place competing internationally. And it's just Canada.
0: crazy. Yeah. 8-in-1, um, yeah. he what took bronze at U.S. Open recently. Yes. Mm, yep. Wow. Um, so, so those are just the individuals. I mean, as a team, for the past two years, Texas Taekwondo has ranked number one at collegiates. Wow.
3: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Man. Yeah. We um we pull in the most medals. We have really big teams. We easily we have 30 plus people. And then in 2019, we actually hosted collegiates. Wow. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, that's right. All right.
1: That's really great to see because I remember when I was in the team, I went to, I said, you know what? I'm going to create a scholarship. I don't know how, but I'm going to go talk to the people in the sports department. And, you know, I went there to the big office with the big longhorns, the luxurious furniture. And this lady, I forgot her name, listened to me very patiently about our accomplishments. And he said, yeah, you know, honey, I understand. I cannot do the Texas accent. But she said, I understand. <laughs> but, you know, gymnastics is an, an Olympic sport. And they are not NCAA. So I think you guys just have to take a number
4: (laughs) and wait in
1: line because it it costs a lot of money to create a team, you know, an NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Jesus,
0: since you mentioned that, um, I do need to make a pitch then. Uh, So in the past couple of years, uh, a new group has formed the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association. And me, myself, um myself uh kelson do you remember kelson Gent? yeah there's kelson Ifty, zaim and jessica lee uh we started an endowment for texas taekwondo
1: wow that's really cool
0: yeah uh so i mean there there are ways to contribute and help texas taekwondo grow but they have we have an endowment now and we're we're building it up right now so i'll talk to you later more about that definitely definitely he's just i want to share a story one of the one of the high performance athletes his name is Aiden revis and he's one of the ones that like gets to Mm -hmm. like he'll go to china um costa rica and all that he you'll get a kick out of this Mm -hmm. um he actually pays he has to front a lot of his own money to pay for some of these trips um and he he's a lift driver so he'll go to school, he'll train, and he dr- he drives as a Lyft driver to earn money wow. to pay for his trips. And I wanted to mention that because one of the biggest things I remember about you, Jesus, uh-huh. was when you first joined Texas Taekwondo. You were late sometimes, and I would be like, "What the hell, Jesus? This is Texas Taekwondo. We're disciplined. If you're if you're on if you're here at eight o'clock, that means you're late." And I would always be very strict about that. And you you I remember the first few times like. I'm sorry, but the bus was late. And I'm thinking, uh, well, why don't you just catch an earlier bus, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then you go, oh, but you don't get it. I'm the bus driver. I actually (laughs) have to drive the bus. And when I finish my job is when I can come to Taekwondo. And I remember in the back of my mind, I was so humbled by that. I was like, whoa, you know what? Never mind. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. But you, you you, you mentioned that, and it wasn't like a point of, um, like you were trying to brag or boast about it, but to me, it just showed like the amount of discipline and hustle that you had. Like it showed how bad you wanted to be with Texas Taekwondo and, you know, you, and just like what you did to hustle just to be there. And, you know, I don't know if I ever told you, but you earned so much respect from me from that time. Well, I didn't know that, man. Thank you. Um, yeah. honestly, yeah.
1: At that point, yeah, I was still driving, but I had I wasn't hustling as much as when I was an undergrad because well maybe Hector <laughs> maybe Hector heard about this, but there was this thing called nafta <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. killed yeah. Mexico and I was like oh, my dad told me in ninety four, well either you come back or you're on your own. And mm-hmm. I knew if I go back, what do I go back to really? So mm-hmm. I was I was working four different jobs to pay for everything, you know, wow. board, um, uh, lodging, everything. So uh, I was, yeah, that was, that era I was really hustling and there was no way that I was able to join Taekwondo during those years because, you know, Dang. after working, I don't know, eight hours a day doing your you know, homework going to class, I mean, you're beaten and right? you want to go home and just rest. And by yeah. the way, I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be a Taco Cabana on Guadalupe and MLK. I don't know if it's still there. <laughs> still there. Uh, it's, I nah, know it's, I
0: was... it's unfortunately gone now. Sorry.
1: Oh, you're right. You're uh, right. That's, States. States. That's, yeah.
0: that's where I worked. Gotcha. Among other three
1: jobs. But anyway, yeah. Well, in 2002, yeah, I was still driving a bus. But because I was working already for the Spanish department, yeah, uh, I was able to make some money.
0: But yeah, wow. man,
1: yeah, yeah, I was waking up at four in the morning to get your unit. And uh, Friday is when I, wa- I didn't have class or anything. I was driving from six in the morning until 11 p.m. Just to, you know. Jeez. So w- were you driving the like school buses or? The, which the buses? shuttle. Yeah. yeah, the shuttle, the shuttle buses. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're like literally like the embodiment of like the American dream, you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, like textbook, just
2: <clears throat> Coming from like, yeah. Honestly, at this point right now, it's kind of rough.
1: Um, but yeah, coming from Mexico and like, damn, it just hustling. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting for sure. But I forgot what routes I had when I was in. You know, uh, when I was going to train, <laughs> because yeah, it, it must have been one of the ones that stopped right in front of Jester. Oh, <laughs> <were all> the <laughs> forty forty acres. Oh, no, it wasn't 40 acres. Uh, uh, they will give me one of the, I don't know, either. Uh, God, Burton Drive or Wickersham, one of those. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, but well, yeah. They, they, they closed that
2: lane off recently. So They did. So yeah. they did. <laughs> but, wow, wow. So, wait, I do, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, didn't you
1: have to, like, get, like, license to, like, be able to drive the bus and all that stuff? Yeah, man. That was a great thing. I saw this in the Daily Texan. They had an ad looking for uh-huh. drivers. Training paid. So, uh, first gotcha. you got two weeks of cla- in class, in classroom training. Uh-huh. And then you had to pay for the license fee, of course. But, yeah, yeah. you had to get a commercial driver's license. Wow. And it's funny because I just gave up that license in 2016. <laughs> uh, I was. I was demoted to, you know, a, to the, the, to pes- the regular yeah. license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they changed something in Texas. Some, some regulations, they changed. Uh, yeah. Uh, now you have to do every single year, you have to do the physical or whatever. And I couldn't do, uh, the, I don't know, whatever. So yeah, I said, somewhere. you know what?
0: Whatever. Just give my license. Man. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's one of the things that I remember most about you. And I think any other person would have been, they would have carried all that to the classroom and just be so stressed out or tired or exhausted. What? But no, every day Jesus was in, in class. He, he was hands down like the spiritual leader of, of Texas Taekwondo as a club. Like Dude, I was it. It not. Yes, you were. <laughs> I. I So I'm not, I'm not trying to like overly boast about you, but you know, since I'm no longer your, your coach or your instructor, like I can say whatever I want. <laughs> um, but and Sean, you you probably agree too because you were there. Like Jesus I, yeah, always I had, totally agree. yeah. yeah. He had the positive energy. He was always goofing around, but he trained hard, and mm-hmm. it was very infectious. Like I, I think every team needed a Sean, and every team needed a Jesus. Like that brings that positive energy. And no matter how tough things were, you looked to Jesus or you looked to Sean. But like you know, if if they can do all this and. With a smile on your face, I guess I can too. You know, yeah, it, uh, thanks, it really man. meant a lot. No oh, thanks, man.
1: Well, it was Mark too. I don't know if you. remember Mark?
0: Oh my god, I do remember Mark, Mark's Son, the yeah. green guy.
1: Yeah, I stole my key up from that guy.
0: <laughs> you what? <laughs> I, I stole my <laughs> key up. Wait, how how does it go? I don't remember. Because, you know, it, it, it was cool
1: because you know he was always worn out, like oh my god, like with a face of suffering. <laughs> and then and he, was, he was good yeah he was that yeah, was he had a good and then you would see him at the texas union the, the next day you know during lunchtime, he was smoking cigarettes like dude that's what you <laughs> that's what you're suffering stop smoking and he <laughs> yeah like, I know, man. And he started laughing
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah oh god he i he he fell off the map i've been trying to find him but i think he went back to korea and joined the army that's oh, wow. that was like the last time i heard from him he was still in austin but he said he had to go back to korea Oh man. yeah. I'd love to find that guy. Yeah, he was really good to be around because you know he
1: he was kicking. You know he was falling apart, but he was kicking. <laughs> so yeah. He would like he pumping himself up. You like know, before he goes to the you know to the padel he was like toy, 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 wow. <laughs> it's like yeah, I like that toy. I like the toy. Yeah. I'm gonna use that.
0: Ah oh, man, man, old memories.
1: Yeah. Fall in the body, man. They come back once you kick. Once you once you kick something, it like this adrenaline rush brings all back. Yeah, and then your meniscus tells you, slow down, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going?
0: Uh, Yeah. Speaking of hobbies, um, Sean, on on a previous podcast, I had David Cho on there, and we talked about our last year together, and he mentioned. Like, we were supposed to go to a tournament or something. And I forget which one it was. And yeah. you had been going to a few of them. And then this one, like, in particular, you, you were like, uh, you know what, guys? It's uh, It just doesn't fit my schedule. I'm am going to have to sit this one out. And David Cho called you out, and he said, um, he told everyone, yeah, Sean pretty much skipped out on this tournament because he had a magic <laughs> tournament. <laughs>
3: oh yeah that was pretty that was good i'm glad he called me out but that was like oh. pretty embarrassing <laughs>
2: oh a what again
3: it's like the magic the gathering card game it's like um
0: you oh. know like dungeons and
3: dragons type of thing it was pretty nerdy stuff but yeah proud back then you know magic proof.
2: <laughs> wait so that was really radi- cool. When I was reading through like the Facebook messages, I was I I read like oh Magic tournament. I was like oh like maybe this is like oh like Sean was losing by ten points, but like at the last second he he knocked out this dude or something like that.
0: That, that was another tournament, but uh, no, this one in particular was the Magic the Gathering. Um, God, yeah,
3: my bad. I got a little hooked on that so I wasn't going to practice as much which is which I'm not happy about but I remember I went uh I missed one practice and I went to the next one and then I remember Mike was talking and he's like where were you and you know I was like uh, I went to a magic turn and then he yelled at me like like oh, marine man. drill sergeant like all the way I mean no, it wasn't that bad
0: that. it was I'm not proud of that it wasn't that bad <laughs>
3: I mean, right. it was it wasn't too bad. It was just yeah. like I know we we're trying to get serious and stuff, so it yeah. was it was good. So I, it's all good. Oh, so, you see, it wasn't too bad. I, I didn't take it like in a bad way, but yeah, I just remember that it was just a strong memory. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was good. Um,
2: so, is, do you have any other like weird hobbies you picked up through like I guess college or even
0: after?
3: Um, not uh, not.
0: You play tennis. Get back you play tennis, though, don't you? Oh, yeah,
3: sorry. tennis. hmm Um Yeah, tennis and um just uh I don't know, like just going out. Just going out is a big thing, I guess. But I I mean, you, you still period. keep in
0: pretty good shape now, don't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, I try to. I I I do weights. Yeah. I try to keep up with weights. My cardio sucks, but weights are <laughs>
2: You can't, you can't you can't lose those gains you know
3: <laughs> you got to make that. yeah,
0: that's right <laughs> and that's that's one thing <laughs> i remember from man.
3: The... oh yeah how are your Mike, you can do on? some pull ups nah I probably know. not as many Mike's as you are... really <laughs> just... no way man you could do like <laughs> infinite pull ups i remember
2: <laughs> you know you know all i'm hearing right now is uh we should have like after the pandemic's over, we should have a, what's it called? The trend? The iron, tran. Tre- iron trend. Iron <laughs> yeah. We should, we should call all the <laughs> alumni and we should make a huge, like, huge iron, I uh, keep losing it. Iron, iron oh. Tran Iron trend.
0: <laughs> iron trend <yep. laughs> yeah. And
2: iron we'll trend. All, I'll get a huge trophy and like I don't know. We'll make it a big deal. Championship <laughs> belt. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The champion of the universe kind of deal.
0: Oh my gosh.
3: I'm down. I'm down. I, uh, that I, would give I, me motivation to train hard. Train hard. Sean
2: like already doing pushups and pullups I tomorrow. Just getting ready for this.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna hurt myself, y'all. <laughs>
4: like
0: when, like earlier when Jesus was talking about yeah, if you're 36, there are just some things you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I totally feel that. Jesus, hey, I'm 38 right now. <laughs> I should not be competing with all these young bucks. Like,
4: (laughs) I'm going to hurt myself. Oh,
0: man. It's all uh, good. I I remember talking to you two years ago, and one of the conversations we had was, you know, um, the transition from college to, like, grown-up adult life and trying to make time to exercise and work out because that's a big thing. Like, after college and you find a job – Especially like yeah. as an accountant, you're sitting you're sitting down eight hours a day almost. How do yeah. you how do you adapt to that? And one thing I, I've always been afraid of is I look around at people my age who work in an office, I see a lot of people quickly lose their health. And mm-hmm. that was that was like my biggest fear. And you, my friend, have found a way to avoid that and work <laughs> like to not fall into that trap. What's no, I secret? mean
3: that's that's my fear, too. I just don't want to end up like, you know, I mean, it just, just to be healthy. I just want to be healthy. But, you know, yeah. weights, luckily, is kind of enjoyable for me. So it, it, you have to enjoy what you're doing, I think, whether it's weights or cardio or sports yeah. or something. So I think doing that just helps. So I just try to squeeze in whenever I have some time. Like uh, after work, I'll just go straight to the gym, and then, then I'll come home after that. So I just try to work it into my schedule. Like you got to make time, right?
0: Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's key. You, you got to make the time. It's just not going to find you. You got to make it.
3: Yeah, exactly. But you have to be motivated to do it. So you have to find something that you really enjoy or really want to get to. So uh, luckily it's it's working out. So and I, I feel good. You know, like I just feel like sitting down all day, like you said, it's it's really bad for you. So it is. I got to keep up with it.
0: It's yeah. uh, it's so scary just sitting down eight hours a day. Like, I don't think we're meant to do that as human beings.
3: Yeah, Man. agreed.
0: Not at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess you're right. And like part of the challenge now at this age is you got to find those goals and you have to define them. And then you, you've really got to go after them. And like for me, I don't know what my goals are anymore. You know, I'm not. I know Joe's always trying to, you know, trick me back into come competition again. I'm like, I don't know if I can compete anymore. But then he goes and he competes at the US Open at age 34, 35. It was like, dang it, come on, man. <laughs> and he's cocky what buddy. a badass. And he is cocky, I he's body like yes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, uh, he's far from cocky. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what kind of goals to find for myself at 38, you know. Now, that's a very good point
1: because uh, uh, I remember when I was no longer in the team, I mean, of course, you know, time had passed and I was still living in Dallas, I told Joe that I just quit. Yeah. And uh, it was right after the last tournament that I was at and I was knocked out by a spin hook.
4: Oof.
1: And uh, I, I was not really worried or anything. I was not bombed. I was like, oh my god, when I saw the tape, yeah, I, I floated the kick. You never float the kick. <laughs> I floated the cut kick. Right my kick. kick
2: recognition, and I floated yeah. it. And I you have to cut. say that again for the future generations. because yep. we never... keep we keep telling them, and then they don't they don't believe it.
1: <laughs> well, I can think the picture of my big 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 cheek oh, when I was oh. conscious again. So like, yeah, you see, you don't float the kick. But anyway, God. so I said, okay, well, you know, dust off, you know, start again, go to the next competition. So I was training at like Toyota GT Sport, and I was training with this guy, the only, the only adult that I could fight with. He was 17, I believe. No, oh, and we were, we were sparring. Yeah, and but I was still feeling good. You know, I was, I was, I was in Texas Taekwondo, and I could do whatever. <laughs> yep, yep. So anyway, we're, we're fighting, and <laughs> one of those times that you're distracted, right? Like, you're not there, and he's, he just, boom, puts a roundhouse on, you know, on my chest, and he goes, like, ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and he celebrates <laughs> Yeah, he starts celebrating at that, that point, and I look at him. I really looked at him, and I was like, he's 17, and there's no way. I, I knew, but it was, a, it was all in a fraction of a second. Yeah, I cannot feel like that again. I just can't. I don't have anything to prove to myself. I don't have anything to prove. I don't know why I'm fighting for You know Why am I fighting? Yeah, And that was the last time I came... That was the last time I trained. I never mm-hmm. came back. And there were no regrets. I never looked back to it. But what you're saying, where are your goals? I stopped training. I stopped working out. I stopped everything because there was nothing... There was not a utopia of yeah. what do you want. So... And that was the last, you know, by the way, the biggest mistake I did because now I've been without training for the, I didn't train for 10 years, one more time, you know, this 10 years lapses. And I started again. And right now I'm pretty much trying to build up stamina, you know, start from scratch again. But yeah, your body stops functioning in certain areas. It, I mean, your mind is all about, you know, okay. You know, coming from the '80s, it's all about Rocky Balboa. One more lap. <laughs> One more line. I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell. And you're, you know, my knees tell me you're gonna sit your ass down right now. Yeah. And it's not because you're lazy. You're no, your body, the hardware, tells you you cannot keep running. Yeah. Sit down. So that's something that I didn't see coming. Uh, and you're right, Mike. You know, you you deteriorate. So yeah. I guess in terms of finding goals, uh, ugh. <laughs> For, so for me, I, for me, it's professional goals, and yeah. that's one of the one of the reasons why I went into Texas Taekwondo. I just needed something to virtually identify the struggle with, and if yeah. that makes any
0: sense, it makes perfect sense. I, I yeah. totally get it. Um, so if if you don't mind, if I could share something with you, Jesus, and maybe it'll help give you a spark. Um, so for me, yeah, I, after I left Texas Taekwondo back in two thousand. So, I I graduated in 2005, and I stuck around as an assistant coach until 2007, right before you got there. Mm -hmm. Um, I I stopped Taekwondo for a while. And, in fact, when I came back to Texas, um, I didn't, you know, I, I I would visit Texas Taekwondo, but I wouldn't train very serious. I would honestly say I didn't start training. I didn't pick up training in Taekwondo very serious until very recently. And that was when I started teaching my girls Taekwondo and it it really ignited something in me again and um what i what i loved about it was i could just start off doing the basic taekwondo stuff with them i don't have to prove to them that i'm a badass or that i was awesome or anything i just i could just teach them horse riding stance and punching and it's yeah. it's awesome they have fun they're slowly learning and for me it's it's just fun to do that again and to bond with them and then also to almost view Taekwondo from the very beginning again, it's, it's it's like a very beautiful experience that you like personally you only get to experience once. But to see it through your children again, it's really neat. And so wow. training with them, it uh, it's it's ignited something again. So you know, whenever we train, it, it's 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 uh, I'm I'm it's like I'm taking it serious again.
1: You know, that's that's an interesting point. And I guess uh, here, what I'm gonna say maybe. It will bring more Sean into the conversation and also in terms, of, <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, how he thinks about Taekwondo. Because for me, uh, coming from the top of my bar environment in which I grew up, which it was not, I, it's not, it's not like I struggled or anything. It was middle class, you know, Mexican society. Mm-hmm. But still, there was some insecurities. It was out of insecurity that I joined Taekwondo, really. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in Mexico, something that, I don't know, it was in my DNA because of where I was. Is that whenever you're gonna fight it is a negative emotion right it, it is there's insecurity there's fear and there is anger you know you're pretty much trying to you're gonna fight you're gonna have a fight yes and yes. something that in after 30 well, something years of being alive in sarasota when i was with this uh uh within my master master another master lee korean I remember that, you know, you know, the the whole thing was about happiness, happiness. You know, when you're juggling, you're like, come on, smile. Just force yourself to smile. You're fighting, try to fight happy. And I never that never made sense to me, really. Fighting happy. And then I started to, you know, because of what Sean said about, you know, about Bruce Lee, how his whole philosophy is you know it's, it's about that, you know, you yeah. know Spartans, it's a middle it's a middle ground, fighting should be like playing, right? But you have to play
4: seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to play seriously. But that, that was really, really hard. And I'm saying this because at some point I was uh, talking to Joe when I was still in Dallas. And uh, I don't know, he was, he was sharing some, I don't remember what it was, but it was about training with the team. It was about millennials and you know, the, <laughs> problem, the problems that I was having teaching millennials. Because Uh, uh, in college, because there is a completely different mentality, you know, and maybe it's because I was in Dallas that, and especially where in Dallas I was, that if, if you're working, you're struggling, you're doing something wrong, or just certain people struggle, other people shouldn't struggle. It it was, it was that mentality. I mean, anyone who has lived in Dallas understands that type of, you know, social differentiation. And it was really hard for me. And uh, I talked to Joe, well, you know, what? What's, how are things at UT often? Because it's getting gentrified, that's for sure. Yep. There's a different type of student that is going to UT that is very different from my time. And um, I don't know, the whole idea of struggling, you know, struggle doesn't mean suffering. It means, you know, pretty much putting yourself through a process. And he told me, well, you know, there's a way of accomplishing the same type of goals, but with a different mentality. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to change. I have been trying to change with the team.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: he, didn't, he didn't elaborate on it. But it made me think because when we got here and my daughter said, I want to do Taekwondo, um, I knew that I didn't, didn't want to imbue her with my experience because my experience was like, yes. come on, give me 20. Come on, come on, yeah. put yourself, put yourself, put yourself. And she's not that type of person. Yeah. But I said, maybe she can learn the same goals about self-assertion, you know, uh, discipline, but without the insecurity or fear aspect attached to it that I had to really work Myself through to pretty much look at it from a different from a different point of view. Uh, yeah. Something that really captured me was something that Mike Tyson in the documentary Tyson said. And you know, knowing the past of Mike Tyson, I don't know if you guys know, you know, his past. His I'm I'm a big Mike this.
0: Tyson fan, and I know Hector is too. And
1: I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, growing in the streets, going to jail, juvenile, I think he was like, you know, I don't know, maybe a teenager. To hear that guy say, you know there's nothing more devastating, more effective <laughs> than, a ha- than, a ha- than a happy fighter. I was like, what? <laughs> if, I there was, if I thought there was someone like, full of anger really to demolish someone, it was that guy. But yeah. to, hear him, to hear him use the H word in relation to fighting, <laughs> I said, okay, I'm missing something. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought Bruce Lee was all like, yeah, man, you're being all mastery and stuff. Yeah. But to hear this guy... You know, okay, I i gotta learn something. Uh, so, yeah, when you say about training your daughter, or you know, I, I completely get that. I just trying to see how maybe, maybe not Mira, because Mira is not into martial arts. And to tell you the truth, the school that she was at right here, mm-hmm. it was all about, you know, we're like, gonna, oh, you're gonna do one push up, <laughs> only one push up. It is your big trophy like you know um, yeah it, 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 it's a different type of you know atmosphere and
0: yeah yeah so yeah, i don't know but so, yeah let me let me let me share this with you and sean i hope you're taking notes on this because <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> um so when i first started teaching my girls taekwondo um like I, I I would fall into what came natural as me as a teacher as and as as an instructor. It was, it was like old, it was like old Marine Mike. You know, I would. Yeah. I was very demanding. I was like, okay, we're gonna run now, all right. Nobody complain. Okay, now we're gonna do ten kicks. No, nope, you're not doing it right. You got to do it like this. And I found myself always acting that way because that was natural for me. Like that's how I learned Taekwondo. That's how my dad was with me. That's how it was in the military. That's all I knew. And then I would pause and I would look at the face of my daughters and I could just tell they weren't enjoying it. Like whenever like the next day came and it was time to do Taekwondo, they would always like whine and complain, but they had reason to like, it wasn't enjoyable for them. And it was really hard because it was hard to separate the Taekwondo instructor and a dad. And so... I started evolving and I made it a point to to step away from that type of role and when I would teach taekwondo I made sure to like be funny and have jokes with my girls and make sure that they were laughing and having fun and you know I didn't take it serious all the time like if they wanted to laugh in the middle of class it was fine because you know I'm not paying for classes. It's, it's mm. just us. It's just us spending time. And that was the biggest thing. I had to remind myself that the number one goal that I wanted to take away from teaching my girls Taekwondo wasn't for them to get a black belt, but it's for me to spend time with them, quality time. Mm. Yeah. And oh,
3: that's good. The more yeah. that
0: I remembered that, the more it became enjoyable. Um, and they would look forward to Taekwondo. And I, I would make sure to, like, talk to them and, like, make sure to, like, like really work on us opening up feelings and stuff. like And I know it sounds really hippie-like, but it has transformed the way that we train in Taekwondo mm. when that became the number one goal. And um, I think the best thing to come out of, for me, the best thing to come out of this whole COVID-19 and mm. doing Taekwondo with my girls is the fact that I actually get to spend time with my daughters that I usually wouldn't have. And we're, we're sharing something that I love a lot and they recognize that daddy loves Taekwondo a lot. So now they love it too. And I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't recreate that anywhere else. So that, yeah,
3: that was the best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: cool. That was really cool.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. I like Joel Sergeant Mike though, just for the record. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I think both are good. I like the, like, fun, you know, understanding Mike, and then there's the drill sergeant Mike, you just gotta know your audience. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) So y'all, y'all are gonna laugh at me at this one. So do you know what my nickname is now with Texas Taekwondo? I I am considered Uh. the Taekwondo daddy
3: what yeah (laughs) that's Um, appropriate that's appropriate though i think it is you're like the founder in my mind you're you and dan were the founders right
0: yeah so no it's it's not even in reference to that so um like when i when i teach a class or when i coach i'm always dropping dad jokes
3: (laughs) oh (laughs) Oh, Oh, man dad jokes that's yeah like my
0: my (laughs) one of my my coaching secret is when i'm coaching an athlete and we're walking to a fight, like we're walking up to their match, right? And it's really nervous. It's really tense, right? Everyone's sizing each other. You're looking at your opponent. They're warming up, and you you may be psyching yourself <laughs> yeah. out, and, you, and you're, you're trying to hype yourself up. At those moments, whenever we're walking out to the mat, I always drop, like, out of the blue, like a really bad dad joke. <laughs> like, like, out of nowhere. And, like, the athlete... Like, I always get the same reaction, like they, you can see their mouth and they're saying, "What the hell <laughs> <laughs> and, and they they just laugh because the joke is so bad, but that's my, that's like my goal, like, hey, you know what? We can be serious about this, and we've trained hard for this, but let's have a little bit of fun and um yeah, so that's my cool. the, the nickname they have for me is like the Taekwondo Dad because I tell bad okay. bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's awesome, man. I like it. I like it. I guess having your daughters really did change your like um, your personality a bit. I mean, not like in a bad way. I mean, just <laughs> different,
0: right? I, I I've grown as a as a human, without a doubt. So as as we wrap cool. this up, um, what what words? What kinds of uh, advice would you have for for two groups? The first group would be for incoming freshmen or you know young young people that are just now discovering Texas Taekwondo and are about to join it. What would you, what kind of words of encouragement or advice would you have for them? Sean, Uh,
3: (laughs) man, that's tough. I mean, for me, I kind of wish I did compete a little more, honestly, Mm -hmm. maybe do some more, but at the same time, I just like a balance of fun and, and like hard work, you know, something it's hard to find that balance, but I think, you know, have fun when you're at at college, right? Like that was the best time of my life, you know, one of the best times. So, um, just enjoy it. And then, you know, at the same time, don't fail your classes and, you know, (laughs) kick some ass in Taekwondo. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, man, it it was fun. Like I enjoyed it a lot. So I I would just say have fun and, you know, take it seriously too. But, At the same time try to enjoy it
0: so find a good balance that's a good one
1: well yeah coming from uh, um expanding on that perspective a little bit and you know giving my job here and uh having seen maybe well two different generations of you know because i'm still we're talking about a college club and me being a you know university teacher in a way (laughs) Um, I, I see, so you know, people coming now with different anxieties. You know, like first was, first when I started teaching, it was people like me. You know, you have to do this. You know, you have to go through the process. Come on, or you know, suck it up yes. a little bit. Then it was the millennial generation. Oh, I want it easy. Don't tell me. Don't criticize me, please. I'm really, really humble. And mm-hmm. now we have this generation that they realize that everything is falling apart, and they don't know what's happening, and somebody they want someone to explain to them what is going on. Right. Especially when they come from working class families, um, they realize that now if they work jobs and they have student loans, they're still, are not know, having ends meet. And I'm not saying that things are not harder in other places or in other countries. Of course, they might be even harder. But what I'm saying is that for the first time, this generation, are realizing that they cannot afford just to be fragile. And mm. There is a whole structure that I'm seeing. I'm sorry, this sounds a little bit political, but even the university has become a business. Universities yeah. have become, you know, money-making businesses. So yeah. there is a whole structure that is really interested in, you know, working out out of intimidation and fear for people not to say anything because it keeps business as usual. You know, uh, one them, my colleagues, there is a whole structure of businesses hitting students every single day on the screens, buy this to enhance your educational experience, to make you succeed. The word success is the biggest trap that they're setting up for them. So what I have told them, you know, you cannot be afraid to speak. You have to work through your fears. And that's something that I resonated. It resonates now more with the story of one girl that was part of the team. I forgot her name, to tell you the truth. But she was one of the first ones to email uh, Joe saying, you know, how much the team changed her, how much confidence he gave her to go into interviews and, you know, shake hands, you know, eye contact, all the good stuff, and being able to land a good position. You know, it, it helped her personality. So, yeah, I guess, you know, it's not a poor of advice. I guess it's something that I see that is seemingly in dear need among this generation right now. The 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 whole thing of not being afraid to, you know, to be afraid, you know, don't be afraid of fear. You have to do it. And remember that when you're fighting is the most intimate experience that you can have. You will never know someone until you fight them because there's no way to run. There's no way to hide. It's right there in front of you. And pretty much you're naked. It's you against someone else toe to toe. And, it helps you because you realize that what you're scared is not the other guy or the other girl. You know you're scared of yourself. You know what you can or maybe are not willing to do, or you think you cannot do. You're fighting yourself. Uh, I guess I'm using Bruce Lee here. You know, very deconstructive. philosophy. <laughs> you know, to, you know.
3: Man, that was so deep. That's yeah, awesome. It, I like that yeah. you said that. Yeah,
1: you enter the dragon, right? You know, face no opponent <laughs> because the word "I" does not exist. And oh if, my it, gosh! If you think about it, you know, it is true to face no opponent. The word "I" does not exist. When they yeah. expand, you contract. When they contract, you expand. So, And that's something that people right now can take from there, You know, pretty much work out their insecurities and apply it into the public sphere when there's a need for people to speak up and not be intimidated. You're going to fight. You're going to get around. That's part of the team. But we need people to be more involved. It's very easy to go and be an activist on Facebook, but you have to be actually committed. And I think that's one of the biggest things that the team uh, – you you know Texas Taekwondo really showed me that it's you know achievable, as yeah. a sort of, you know social practice of sorts. Um, I have a follow up question. So,
2: how would you compare your definition of success as you
1: graduated college versus mm-hmm. where you're at right now? Well, you know, um, I guess success for different people is different. You know, I guess I I, I when I was trying to use the, when I use the word I was trying to use it in the sense of what the university tries to sell you, right? Correct. Small, I got it. The small goals that are achievable to you feel accomplished, right? Mm -hmm. Even though there might be no growth. You're pretty much capitalizing. You're accumulating. Yeah, You're, You're banking. It's a way of banking. To me, success is the progressive realization of something that you consider to be worthy. And it might take you five years. It might take you one year. It might take you 10. But you think it's worth it. Worth it is Stick to it and do something every single day that feels that makes you feel that you're moving towards that particular goal. That to me is success. It's a process. It's never a, like I tell my colleagues, you know, you want to see this as a as a, an accomplished goal. It's not a goal. It's an mm-hmm. it's a task. You have to go for it. It's a never-ending task, because people now, wow, well, we want diversity, you know, we want this. Like, do it. Diversity starts with your with your face and your and your mind. You have to realize that you have blind spots and you have to work on them every single day. You're not gonna, you cannot undo 20 years or 30 years of self-constitution just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So success for me personally, the, the definition that I use is a progressive working towards something every single day. Gotcha. What and about you, Sean?
3: um yeah i mean success is just uh it's different for everybody like like jesus said and for me it's just you know it's growth right like mm-hmm. it's exactly what you said it's basically growth like mm-hmm. i don't ever feel like i'm completely done with something i feel like there's always something to improve on i and i mean in in college you know at ut i guess it was just success was, like, you know, getting a job or something like that. But now it's just so much more. It's just, like, development and becoming a better person and, you know, just making the world a better place in a way, you know, just giving mm-hmm. giving more than receiving. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's just a matter of advancing, I guess. So The, re-
2: the reason I ask this is I'm, I'm currently applying to jobs, and I, I, like, browse through these jobs daily, and I keep thinking, like, what is going to give me fulfillment, you know, like, what is going to make me Ooh. feel accomplished, like, proud of myself. And I see so many job descriptions. And I honestly don't know. Like, I am I feel lost, you know. It's like, at this point, I feel like I don't have the luxury to, like, be, like, picky on the, the jobs I apply to. Um, I'm just kind of shooting my shots everywhere. and see, like, kind of where I land. But I'm... I'm afraid in the sense, like, what if I land in a job that, you know, like, it kind of sucks, you know, and did <laughs> did you guys ever experience that,
1: like? If, yeah, like, I, I agree. Don't I
4: don't
1: know. <laughs> I, I mean, Sean, it's good to hear from Sean because you come from, you're in a completely different field altogether than mine. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, you just got to jump in, I think, honestly. You, you really don't know what a job is going to be like until you actually start doing it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how my major was, too. Like, I didn't know what finance or accounting was going to be like really like i'm learning all this stuff in school but it doesn't really uh apply to anything so when i started working i was like okay this is pretty cool i actually like it now uh-huh. you know it's more enjoyable yeah. so um just kind of you know see whatever you think you would like and just try it out just try it out i mean for me it was a lot of like guess and test type of thing okay. which I, okay. it's not really reassuring but it's it's as long as you're learning something like you never lose. I think as long as you pick up something from this, okay, I didn't like this kind of work or this kind of field. So I'm going to try something else. Like you still have that well-roundedness from, from that experience, you know?
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. The, and what he said about, what you said about growth is very, very important because uh, I, I know people, for example, that I have talked to uh, in their mid thirties and you know, they can get good income, you know, they have money, but it's funny, I was talking to someone, and said, yeah, my wife, you know, she um, she looked at this guy that was separating her house, and she's like, I could do that? And then she was, you know, she was looking at, you know, this business for painting houses. I could start one of those, too. Like, dude, okay. she's 34. She doesn't know what she wants. What the hell? Mm-hmm. But, and I'm saying that because, you know, even though you can find a job that is going to provide very well for you... Um, I don't know. In my personal case, very personal, and like Sean said, every single case is different. Mm-hmm. That didn't work, actually. You know, I was, I had a very good job in Dallas. I was teaching at a nice university. I was getting well paid, mm-hmm. and I was miserable because you I, know. Did, I, I did not enjoy that at all. You know, that's yeah. that's
2: that's kind of like where I'm at. Is it like I describe it? Is it worth it to kind of like sell my soul and just go for like whatever <laughs> highest paying job I can find versus kind of finding purpose? And like, oh, this oh, This is world, like, where like what I'm at right now kind of feel like I'm lost. And with this whole COVID, like I even feel like even more hopeless because <laughs> I just, you know, wherever I get, I feel like
1: it's whatever I land. I don't know. I didn't even know. Now, dude, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't uh, just. First of all, try to shift your mind. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing, if I, in, in my experience, is in any way valuable, I will tell you this. You know, I, I'm teaching in a corporate system. The university is a corporation, right? Mm-hmm. And for the longest, for the longest time, I was like, oh my god, I gotta get tenure. Because if I don't get tenure, what's gonna happen to me? I, you know, is the, the anxiety of fitting in in a corporate mold. You have uh-huh. to write a book that looks in a specific way. You have to do a profile with classes that are in a particular sort of way that was serving college. Oh, mm-hmm. But none of that is what I really wanted to do, really. So mm-hmm. in the end, I was in, they denied me tenure. Um, I, was, I published my book with a very good publisher, but I was not really proud of it because it's not what I really wanted to do. I mean, right. the, the subject. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm at the bottom again. So I have nothing to lose. I have all this experience. I'm going to do what I really want to do. And I remember, again, talking to Joe, uh, you know, uh, a while ago, he said, you know, follow your juice. It's all about your juice. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that guy. He uh, you know, he had a, a good job. He was making good money in Dallas. You yeah. he said, I'm going to close Victory Sports and I'm going to go back to Texas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach. I'm going to be with the team. Mm-hmm. And the guy is very, very happy. It is his juice. He realized his dream finally. Yeah, you know. And the guy has accomplished a lot. So, in in my personal case, I have great colleagues. I'm writing about what I want. I really don't care about fitting in any niche, and I'm pretty much talking to professors, you know, in comparative literature, uh, history, Latin American studies. I don't want to be music anymore. It's too constrictive. It's just a, It's about oh dead God. white people. <laughs> from, the, from the 19th century so yeah. I, don't relate, I don't relate to that it's not because it's bad it's because it's you know there's a part of you that you bring from where you came from yeah. that you yeah. ne- you're never going to be able to turn it off ever it's not going to be it's, it's not a switch yeah. so just if you can find something to keep you motivated to do what you want to do like Sean says even if you have to negotiate where you are mm-hmm. for the moment because you have to eat, right? <laughs> Just keep that, and the, the thing is that the juice, what is your juice? You have to keep the juice going. That's the only thing that's gonna make you happy and willing to get up in the morning and do something that nobody's gonna notice this. Actually, nobody's gonna really, really care Mm -hmm. But to me, that's where the magic really, really starts. I guess that's why I was really into Rocky Balboa. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that scene when, you know, he's waking up at four in the morning. You know, nobody gave gave a damn. And he was just going for a job. You know, pretty much he was alone with his dream. And nobody ever noticed. Mm -hmm. And everything starts from there. You start completely alone. But as long as you're completely convinced that that's where you want to go, that's it. And I get like Joe, you know. For him, you know, I I really resonated with him because for me, what I wanted to do with my life when I came to the states, I never had this doubt of, oh my God, what's gonna be my major in college? Uh, what am I gonna study? Oh, all of these things that I could be, I don't know. You know, I knew what I wanted. It was it was a thunderbolt, and I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say that back then, UT Austin was a completely different place. It allowed me to have the college experience that I think people should be having. It's a way of exploring who you are, finding part of yourself, and maybe shifting a little bit in that process that is academic also, I got to say. But mm-hmm. it, it had that flexibility, and now it's, it's different. But anyway, I'm sorry if I talk too much.
2: <laughs> no, no, these are, these are like definitely good advice,
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: Jesus, Sean, I want to thank you from the bottom of my, of my heart from for you know, joining us on this podcast. I know y'all are really busy. Um, Jesus, I know you've got a family. Sean, I know you. We took you away from your wife for more than two hours <laughs>
3: now. <so>. No worries.
0: <laughs> um, but, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> man.
3: Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was great catching up.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was it was great to catch up. Uh, I do want to say that um, we we do need to plan meeting up again. And I think there's talk, Hector, right, of like getting like an alumni competition going on, like a tournament. Ooh, that'd be <laughs> amazing! Yeah, I can. I mean, the Iron
2: trend. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we, we could have that too. Like, um, yeah, Sean, Jesus, you need to try out this new electronic scoring. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it on your feet. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, the next when all this uh, COVID stuff when we when we finally get through it you know we we need to have an alumni thing and love to see y'all um yeah and uh jesus i know every now and then i think there might be a tournament in connecticut that we can go to so we'll be sure to drop you a line when we're there let me know man because there's nothing here but hey (laughs) (laughs) you just one close by Uh, yeah boston for sure oh perfect we've been going to boston for the past two years
1: Oh, let me know, man. It's an hour away.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's good to know. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been great catching up with you. I can't wait to kick you all in the face again. It's going to happen. <laughs> 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 oh, Hector, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: Here is the thing. You know, when I used to be the team, there used to be this tradition. It was an unwritten policy. Uh-huh. Whenever they were spotting, Joe would say, okay, whoever, whoever kicks me in the face is a free pine and so maybe i don't know maybe it would be a good idea to motivate people you know talking about goals and everything kick join the face get a free pint of beer <laughs> he he uh
2: he switched that to a free dinner now
1: oh wow okay never mind but, <laughs> but
2: you know i think i think a free pint of beer would motivate me more <laughs> 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 to be honest <laughs>
1: Bam. <laughs> but yeah,
2: yeah, I, I can definitely be down for that, you know, the alumni. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just to reiterate what Mike was saying. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was really, really great to hear you guys and like hear your advice and your experiences. And just to know that what you guys went through was also kind of similar to some sense what I, my experience with Taekwondo was. Uh, but yeah, thank you. It was really nice hearing y'all's stories.
1: Well, thank you guys for giving this space. It's yeah. It creates a history away in a way. Yeah, Correct. absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, nice talking to you guys. Nice, nice meeting you, Hector. And uh I'm glad everything's going well. I mean, Texas Taekwondo is like a big name now. It's pretty
0: badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh yeah, y'all definitely contributed to that, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas. Oh, thanks. All right. We'll right. So- stay classy. Stay classy. Stay classy. (laughs)
3: See
0: you later.
1: Take care. Stay safe in Texas. Yeah.
3: Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We'll do. All right.
2: Good Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good
1: night.
0: This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact... Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hook'em.